We have called this weekend uh, Weekend Global Updates. And last night at the Millers, Jeanette and the girls and their friend Karen talked about their trip. And this morning we'll talk about uh, Matthew and my trip to partner with uh, the Nichols in Tanzania. And as I begin, I wanted to provide a bit of context because some of you, uh, as Brian alluded to, may be wondering, um, what does it have to do with me? Or, and ask the question in another way, why would global mission be important enough to take an entire Sunday morning and a Saturday night before to present about? So let me quickly give uh, a few responses. Oh, first of all, um, these are our three, uh, the Nichols here in Tanzania, the DeCragers in Togo, West Africa, and the in South Asia. And I said to my wife on the way home from the Millers last night, I said, we have some great partners, and uh, we are really blessed as a church in that regard. And there I go again. <laughs> so here's some responses. Um, global mission is core to the job description of the Church of Jesus Christ. In Scripture, we have two records of some of the resurrected Jesus' final interactions with his disciples before his physical departure for now from this earth. One of them is in Matthew 28, where he says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. His instructions to those disciples and then by extension to us, um, those of uh, the disciples who would lay the foundations of his church and we would follow in their footsteps were for them to go to all nations. And then the second interaction is in Acts 1. It says, when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. They were essentially asking, Lord, what's next? There's an implied sense of we're ready to take the next hill with you. And how does Jesus respond? <clears throat> He says, what you are to do now is to witness to my kingdom, to represent my kingdom rule in your lives to the people of Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So if you are a part of the church of Jesus Christ and a part of his mission on this earth, you are part of this global extension and should be active in some capacity. Some are to go some are to support those who have gone with friendship and finances, and all are to pray. And secondly, God uses his global activity to encourage his church. <clears throat> the apostles Paul and Barnabas, as early global missionaries, were sent out from the church in Antioch for their first missionary journey. And upon returning, they shared joyfully of their experience then were sent for some meetings with the church in Jerusalem. And this is what we read in Acts 15. 
So being sent on their way by the church, they passed through both Phoenicia and Samaria, describing in detail the conversion of the Gentiles and brought great joy to all the brothers. When they came to Jerusalem, they were welcomed by the church and the apostles and the elders, and they declared all that God had done with them. It's exciting and encouraging to hear what God is doing in other parts of the world. Third, global mission is necessary before Christ's return. Matthew 24, 14, Jesus says, And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. Are you anxious for the return of Christ? Global mission should be of interest and concern to you. Then fourth, as followers of Jesus, we are called to serve in his name and specifically to serve the least of these. The neediest of the needy, the poor, the oppressed, the sick, orphans, and widows. Matthew 25, verses 35 to 40 Jesus says, For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. So here's a simple fact related to global mission. The least of these are in highest concentration in other parts of the world. Our partners, the De Kragers, uh, with Hospital of Hope in Togo, West Africa, are serving in an extremely poor region of the world where quality medical care is almost non-existent. And our partner, Phil Nichols, in Tanzania, signs off his official emails with the simple line, serving, serving God's least ones, Philip Nichols. <clears throat> In the FAQ section on the Rafiki website, uh, this question is addressed. This question, why do you support the orphans and widows in Africa when there is such a great need to help the vulnerable children and impoverished women in the United States? Answer, while it is true that disease, poverty, and hunger are found within this country, the United States government has a large safety net in place that provides medical care and social services to those in need. African governments do not have these types of support systems. The result is that the African continent hosts the highest child mortality rates, the lowest literacy and numeracy rates, and the lowest life expectancy rates in the world. And for some additional context, uh, I learned during our experience that the average per person yearly income in Tanzania is equivalent to $630 USD. Yearly income, $630. I was sobered when I realized that most of the Rafiki Village national staff do not own cars and walk 45 minutes or more to the village each day. 
And the teacher who opened my eyes to this was the music teacher, Angela, who was, I think, seven months pregnant at the time of our conversation and was walking 45 minutes each way to teach every day. Don't misunderstand me in this. It is certainly necessary that we serve right here in Chicago's western suburbs. But I think the needs around the world demand that the Church of Jesus in the richest of countries be mobilizing their resources to serve as well in places where the highest concentration of the least of these exists. We see our Lord's heart again very clearly expressed in John 13. He says to his disciples, You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. And here, washing of feet is used in a broader sense to represent serving. He finishes, For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. And in Isaiah 58, If you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing finger and malicious talk, and if you spend yourselves in behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will shine in the darkness, rise in the darkness, excuse me, and your night will become like the noonday. So church, do we desire for our light to rise in the darkness? Spend yourselves in behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed. So for all these reasons and more, I'm grateful for the opportunity to share this morning. I hope that we can be encouraged and rejoice together at what God has done and is doing in the work of Rafiki and at the amazing opportunity that we have had as a church to have been part of it in some capacity over these years through our finances, personal support, and prayers. So I recognize that many of you are new to Valley Brook in the past eight years and may not have much idea at all what we're talking about when we talk about the Nichols and Rafiki, or maybe feel in the dark at times when the Nichols visit even and share a, a short greeting and an update. So I want to um, give you some background. Uh, This is the family, uh, Phil and Sarah, and then on the left, their daughter Audrey, who is now a sophomore in high school and attends a local um, English medium school called International School of Moshi. And then on the right, uh, their daughter Lydia, who is now a sophomore uh, in college uh, down in St. Louis at Washington University. In the early to mid-2000s, in Valley Brook's uh, early days as a church, and when many of us were much younger, uh, the Nichols family were a core part of our church family here, just like any of you sitting here today. They were Sugar Grove residents involved in farming. I pulled up some pictures uh, that we happened to take at a fall fest that we did uh, in the mid-2000s. Here's Sarah and Phil, and here's Phil giving hay rides uh, in his tractor there with little Audrey uh, sitting in the seat next to him. Over the years, uh, they were involved also in an organization called Bible Study Fellowship. 
where they became acquainted with a work that had grown out of BSF known as Rafiki Foundation, which had ministry in countries throughout Africa. And through the incredible move of God in their hearts, the Nichols eventually sensed a call to go, to pick up and move to Africa to be directly involved in the work of Rafiki. That was just over eight years ago. Some of you will remember this. Uh, we gathered on a Sunday morning here, had a, a tearful prayer time and an emotional send-off as we whooshed them literally out the door to O'Hare to catch their flight to Africa. Then their flight was canceled due to volcanic ash over Iceland, and they were stuck here for another two weeks. But that's another story uh, altogether. <clears throat> the Nichols have spent uh, the past eight years working at Rafiki Village, Tanzania in East Africa. Phil as a village administrator and Sarah filling a number of varied roles uh, as needed over the years. <clears throat> so let me tell you a bit then about Rafiki itself. For more than 30 years now, Rafiki Foundation has been working through the establishment of Rafiki training villages in 10 African countries. These villages are situated on about 50 acres of land each near a key city in these countries. <coughs> So here's Tanzania, and uh, the Rafiki village is quite near a city known as Moshi. It's about a 15-minute drive from the village to Moshi. And uh, they're not far as well from a larger town of Arusha, and not a very bad plane trip even down here to the capital city of Dar es Salaam. Uh, there is an international airport uh, that is within a half hour from the Rafiki village. So these are the kind of areas that Rafiki has located these villages. <clears throat> Speaking of Dar es Salaam, who's this? So uh, this is a billboard, large billboard in the capital city of Dar es Salaam, graced by Audrey Nichols, representing uh, her school, International School of Moshi. Uh, the villages have developed four primary functions, child care, education, widow care, and teacher training. <clears throat> In the area of child care, uh, the, village, uh, the villages meet the needs of orphan children by providing cottage homes with around 10 children each, with an African mama to care for each cottage. The Tanzanian village currently has six cottages with exactly 60 resident children. So when I've showed this before, I've said, have you ever tried to get all 60 of your kids to smile and look at the camera at the same time? Uh, in the area of education, the villages also meet the great need for effective quality education with an on-site school which serves the resident children as well as day students from the surrounding communities. The education is all conducted in English, as English is second only to Swahili in terms of a dominant national language, and students trained in English have a significant advantage over those without English skills. The Tanzanian village now has active schools for pre-primary, primary, and junior secondary school levels. 
as the oldest resident orphan children have aged up into the next levels of education, they have built schools for those levels. They actually have um, a group of students who are now uh, just about finished with their first year of secondary school, and I'll tell you more about that in a bit. The secondary school building is on the horizon next in the planning. There are currently an additional 130 plus day students uh, who come in to the village each day to be a part of the school. So close to 200 kids are being educated each day there at the village in Tanzania. <clears throat> in the area of widow care, uh, each of the villages works in the immediate community to raise up a ministry to widows, which provides them with vocational training and outlets for the pro products that they produce. The Widows Projects uh, produce goods that are then sold locally as well as shipped to the states for sales through the Rafiki Exchange website. Uh, there's also a retail site in the Orlando area and now also an Etsy store. And uh, Sarah shared that the Rafiki Exchange site is in the middle of a transition, so there's not a lot of product on there uh, right now, but the Etsy site is up, and you'll see the new Rafiki Exchange site soon as well. Uh, this is the uh, director of the Tanzanian Widows Program, a woman named Restmary, and uh, Sarah sent this picture where Restmary is um, showing some of the widows uh, the, uh, the making of some beaded earrings. <clears throat> Then in the area of uh, teacher training, in more recent years, the vision of Rafiki has grown to include the building of teachers' colleges at each of the villages, where they can multiply their impact by providing high-quality training of Christian teachers for the next generation, for their schools, as well as other schools beyond their walls. The teacher training program in the Tanzanian village is in its uh, either second or third cycle of the program and currently has 25 students with room for many more as staff is added. <clears throat> Each of these facets of their work is conducted with a core component of training in the Word of God. They have uh, written over the years an extensive Rafiki Bible study curriculum that has been uniquely developed for use in each age level and each area of the ministry. Everyone involved in the work is daily studying and being steeped in the Word of God, in the kids' cottages, in the school, in the widow's program, and in the teacher's college. <clears throat> the thing I want you to get in all this, uh, again, is the joy of seeing what God has done and of having been a small but tangible part of it for these eight years. My wife, Shelley, has traveled twice previously to Tanzania to participate in the work there. And she had often encouraged me to go. It wasn't until this past spring that I began to sense that the time had finally come. I recognized as well that um, our oldest son, Matthew, uh, was now old enough to participate as a mini-missionary at the village. Rafiki refers to anyone there less than a year as a mini-missionary. So uh, we went to Orlando early in June 
for Rafiki's required training weekend and made our plans to go in early August to Africa. We ended up being able to spend almost three weeks there serving in Tanzania, and it was a great joy. When we made our plans to go, I really didn't know specifically what we would be doing. I just knew that the village um, had been under some duress this past year. Uh, they'd been particularly short-staffed since the beginning of 2018, and I had a sense that we could be of some encouragement to them. The current ministries of the village uh, are designed to be staffed by probably, ideally, six to eight full-time uh, U.S. Rafiki staff. And at this point, uh, the Rafiki Village Tanzania is operating with four uh, staff due to some departures at the end of last calendar year. <clears throat> so they've been quite stretched, and I just had a desire to help. To be honest, until about three weeks before our departure, I had not even planned to take a guitar along, but planned to just make ourselves available for whatever was needed tutoring students or assisting with maintenance duties or simply just interacting with the children to love them and to aid in the development of their English skills, which is one of the primary functions of the visiting many missionaries, is to give the kids an opportunity to be react, interacting relationally with native English speakers. We ended up doing much of that, uh, including a variety of musical activities, Matthew uh, was able to assist in some classrooms. He did some English tutoring and played a lot of tennis with their budding young stars. Uh, Phil had a vision probably three years ago or so to construct a sports court that included a full tennis court. And uh, the kids have taken greatly to it and they've actually, some of them begun to be quite competitive at a regional level in their tennis. <clears throat> then. I came alongside uh, the music teacher, Angela, to accompany some of the choral classes and even uh, had a chance to record some guitar tracks using some software on my phone uh, for them to use as accompaniment uh, for the choirs then after we were gone. And together, uh, Matthew and I helped to get some students started on baritone ukulele, uh, which is an instrument that neither of us had played before. Uh, but happens to have the same four strings as the highest four strings on the guitar. So the village was gifted with nine or ten of these ukuleles in the past year, and they will serve to challenge the students musically and help them prepare as well for future guitar playing. It also happened that we were there over August 8th, which is a national holiday in Tanzania called Nani Nane, meaning 8-8. Eight, eight. And I don't know too much of the background of it. Maybe they have a 9-9, nine, nine, a 10-10, ten, ten, I don't know. Uh, but because it was a day off for the school, we were able to be useful in assisting with activities for the resident children throughout the day, including a music time with Mr. Todd and Mr. Matthew, uh, singing worship songs out in their outdoor pavilion that afternoon. You saw and heard some of the music time earlier in the video. Then we also shared lunches and dinners and much conversation and answering of questions over and over uh, with the children in the dining hall, including twice one of the kids' favorite meals, little fishies. 
It's essentially sardines in just a bit of some kind of sauce and poured over something called ugali, which is a cornmeal substance that looks much like mashed potatoes, as you can see here, uh, only much drier and, frankly, quite tasteless. <laughs> so this is not a picture of the Rafiki meal, but it is very representative. I would not have... Uh, taken my camera out and photographed the meal in the moment. But I was so proud of my son uh, for eating this without complaint. And um, Sarah, on my wife's previous trips, had rescued her from all Little Fishy's meals, but had left Matthew and I to experience it not once, but twice <laughs> in our time there. Uh, but I'm not bitter. <clears throat> All this was wonderful and could have filled our three weeks there, uh, but God also had prepared some very specific work for us. Their teacher's college program has been operational for several years already, but without a facility of its own until this past year. It had just been using space in some of their other school uh, buildings. But now... Uh, in the past year, Phil has overseen again the construction of this newest facility. Oh, I'm sorry, I skipped a section. Um, let me jump back to this because it's important. Uh, we had a very unique privilege to lead worship at the Nichols Home Church there in Moshi. It's an English-speaking congregation of people literally from all over the world that for whatever reason are there uh, working and living in Moshi. We had some meals with uh, friends from this congregation as well and enjoyed being able to just thank them uh, for being a really loving, supportive community to the Nichols there. This is leading uh, the Lord's Prayer uh, again there with their kids. So back to the Teachers College. Um, Phil has again overseen the construction of this newest facility. It opened um, just about a year ago. It's beautiful. Um, we had prayed much during this phase over the past year, during the construction phase, and this is a, a very recent picture of it now. This is kind of a picture from the back side. So you see on, on the back, which is actually the front, is a tall structure that is a large gym and multi-purpose room area. And then this wing to the back is administration offices and um, general classrooms. And then on each side of the gym is a wing, one for music and one for art. This is the art space uh, in the teacher's training college. Absolutely beautiful space. Uh, and this is a little glimpse at the inside of the gym as well. <clears throat> They've continued work to outfit the facility as the program develops. Not long before our departure, I began to realize that God maybe arranged the timing of our trip at a key moment in this outfitting of the facility. Phil had worked rather unsuccessfully toward the beginning of the summer with some local contractors to try to begin outfitting the multipurpose space with a sound system. The hope was to prepare this space for ministry-wide use, for school presentations and assemblies, for teacher college recitals uh, and events, 
uh, and other things. So many of you know that God has given me a particular passion for assembling and managing uh, audio and tech systems. And in the final weeks of July, Phil and I began to talk about what could be done in the equipping of this space in the time that we were there. And in the week or two before I left, I even began acquiring some components here and took about a suitcase full of equipment with us, hoping then to work with Phil to find the rest of the needed components there in country. <clears throat> well, we worked literally up to the final moments of our departure against great difficulties at times due to poor quality and availability of components. Uh, and some of the initial work that had been done that had to be redone. <clears throat> but we left with a fully installed working sound system and a couple of their staff having been through kind of a whirlwind afternoon of training on how to set up and operate uh, the equipment. Along the way, we even had opportunities to include some of the children in the work. Uh, you see on the left here, uh, some kids helping. We had uh, a bundle of cables, uh, some as long as 190 feet, that had to be run uh, underground through a conduit, and the kids had an absolute blast stretching these cables through the entire gym, out across the lawn, all the way as far as the fence of the property uh, would allow. And then uh, this is Matthew uh, terminating some cables here with a, a little guy, uh, Jeremiah, that uh, we got to know. As we, uh, as we left, I was thrilled to be leaving them with a space uh, that could be used by them for years to come to declare God's goodness with recitals, worship events, and school presentations. But God had even additional uses in mind and in very short order. Just a couple of days after arriving home, I received an email from Sarah. Before I read it, though, I need to um, give you a bit more background information that I uh, alluded to earlier related to their uh, secondary school level kids. Uh, as I had mentioned, uh, the Tanzanian village oldest resident children are now in their first year of secondary school. And uh, while the village's secondary school building is not yet uh, built, they were planning to continue with these students sharing space in the junior secondary school building, I believe, for now. But earlier this year, uh, the Department of Education ruled that all secondary schools had to have three very specific science labs on site, or they would not be granted registration. Essentially, um, many of the country's public schools many of which do not have these labs, were grandfathered in as pre-existing schools, uh, and Rafiki was denied registration for their secondary school program. It was crushing uh, for the staff, as it meant that these oldest students now had to be sent off uh, to walk to local public schools, which there have a way lower educational standard and very poor environments generally related to uh, student care and safety compared to the Rafiki school. You have to understand that the facilities at Rafiki and the educational standard and the student care is really strikingly different uh, for much of the, the country. 
often visits to Rafiki Village by government officials for things like school inspections and things like that are followed fairly shortly after by a phone call from one or more of the officials asking if there's any possibility of enrolling their children uh, in the school. And actually there is a quite long waiting list already. <clears throat> so uh, the whole experience was very concerning and confusing uh, for the village staff. <clears throat> at times wondering even if it was a targeted attack against them by someone in the Department of Education, but being assured by friends in places of authority that it was not. <clears throat> As a result, though, in spite of being so short-staffed, the village has scrambled to begin work on the construction of three science labs for a school building that does not yet exist. Uh, and... I did not get pics of those yet from Sarah, but uh, Phil was working tirelessly on drawings and building permits during the time that we were there, and construction actually started uh, a couple days after we left. And they're asking that we pray that these labs are completed uh, by October so that this um, current class that's had first year of secondary school outside the village will be able to come back for the beginning of school year in January for their second level and the level that will be uh, aging up into secondary school can begin with them there as well. So that's the rather turbulent background uh, to this email that Sarah sent just days after we had gotten back home. <clears throat> Sarah writes, uh, thanks again to you and Matt for coming out to Rafiki, Tanzania. I just wanted to tell you about an unexpected result of your work. On Monday, which was just two days after we had left, a friend who operates another school in our district called Phil on behalf of the district executive director of the Department of Education to see if we would allow the teacher's college multipurpose space, the gym, to be used for a meeting of 70 head teachers. Phil said yes, and we were thinking it was good that you had the sound set up. Well, the next day, the whole thing became much bigger, and suddenly we found we had 500 people coming to the meeting in order to do some fairly high-level prep for the national exams. Suddenly... Uh, we were in a position of significant generosity toward the whole community. The district executive director even asked our friend, do you really think they'll let us use their hall after we close their secondary school? The meeting is happening as I type this, and thanks to God's timing and your willingness to use your skills to help us, we are able to provide a great venue for the meeting. Everyone is able to hear the speakers clearly, and it's a great success. It gave us an opportunity to share what God has given us with the greater academic community, but it also gave us a chance to be Christ-like with people who thought we might harbor a grudge. Teachers from every school and district are here, and people can see for themselves what we are doing here. The whole staff is so happy about the way this has worked out. I hope you share with Matthew, Shelley, and everyone at Valleybrook about this. We knew you were doing something that would be useful to our village, but now we see how quickly your work has been used to enhance our Christian witness. Many thanks, Sarah. And she followed up a couple days later. She said, the regional education officer 
said really there was room for a thousand people and she would have combined two districts if she had known what a great facility it is. I have a feeling we'll hear from them again next year. Later, Madam Beebe, uh, who is Rafiki's social worker but also a very well-connected individual around educational circles. Madam Beebe talked to quite a few people who had attended the event. They were all amazed and thought, surely we charged money for allowing all the cars and motorcycles to park inside the property. She was so glad to tell them, absolutely not, that Rafiki isn't a business. It's run by Christian missionaries, and we were just happy to share our facilities. Really a nice witness. And Phil wrote also, it was a great PR blessing as I was able to have a chat with the president's appointee, who is the highest official in the district and the regional education officer. They were very thankful and impressed with everything and encouraging as we talked about our school registrations. <clears throat> I'm amazed at God's orchestration uh, of all that led up to this. Uh, but here's what I want you to hear. <clears throat> God did not need me to accomplish this. He could have accomplished this in any number of ways. Uh, he could have done it with someone much more skilled at soldering. Uh, despite my passion for audio gear, I consider myself uh, hardly subpar uh, with a soldering iron and generally try to avoid solder connections when there is any other option. But with the scarce availability of components over there, uh, there was really no other option, and I spent uh, probably a good week uh, with a soldering tool in my hand. But back to point, uh, though, he could have equipped this facility in many other ways. <clears throat> But for whatever reason, he allowed me to have a part in it and took me across the world to do it. He prompted me back in January uh, to finally consider a, tri a trip to Tanzania. <clears throat> and he arranged every piece to have me there at exactly the right time for this work to be completed and put to his immediate use. What a privilege. I've made it my lifetime pursuit to try to be responsive to his leading and directing in my life and so often feel like I must be missing so much that he would intend for me. And I struggle to see what he's doing through me. Then he pulls back the curtain for a peek at a more tangible demonstration of his workings to encourage my faith that in spite of my limited capabilities to hear and to obey, He's going to move to accomplish his purposes. One of the verses I've found uh, most comforting, go ahead and advance me to the next PowerPoint, Tim. One of the verses I've found most comforting in many seasons of life and decisions uh, is Proverbs 16, 9. Uh, in the NASB version where I memorized it years ago, it says, the mind of man plans his ways, but the Lord directs his steps. God is sovereign and God is gracious. Hopefully in these stories, pictures, and videos this morning, you feel like you've gotten to know a little bit the work of God that is Rafiki Village, Tanzania. Thank you, Tim, for getting to that. Now I'm going to ask you to jump back to that other video. <laughs> I think I have just a minute to show you one piece of video. Uh, if any of you have ever 
offered to help with teardown or to uh, help clean up and put equipment away, I think you'll probably get a kick uh, out of this video. So you can pull that up, Tim. I thought that smile was worth the few seconds here to, to share that with you. If you've been a regular giver at Valley Brook in the past eight years, if you have greeted and encouraged the Nichols when they have visited, if you have come to our prayer nights or prayed on your own when newsletters come across your screen, you have been a part of now 60 at-risk African children being given a loving family of another 130-plus joining them each day to get high-quality education and consistent training in God's Word of already dozens of young teachers being sent out to multiply this work, and of widows being given hope and sustainable skills. Somehow, by God's grace to our little church here in Elburn, Illinois, we've been given the opportunity to have been a part of all this kingdom work. I sat in on the devotions uh, that Phil led with the support staff most days, and on my final day, he asked if I had anything to share before leaving. I spent a few moments thanking the staff for the work that they do. I talked about what a privilege it is as a church to be involved in a small way in their work. I told them that in my interactions with the children during our time there, I had observed that these kids are rich with the word of God and that they as staff should be encouraged to have contributed to that wealth. The children may be orphans uh, with almost nothing in the way of earthly possessions, but they have a place where they are loved, cared for, and have been made rich in God's word. Let me say as well that I recognize what a privilege it is to have made this trip. Uh, I know that not many of you would be able to drop everything for two to three weeks to have the opportunity that I've had. I'm deeply grateful Uh, to you as a body for allowing me to be away and to so many volunteers who picked up various roles in my absence. (laughs) And lastly, uh, I've mentioned your giving as a part of the Valley Brook body here this morning. Beyond what we give together as a church, though, can I invite you to consider even a small monthly gift personally? Jesus tells us that where our treasure is, there will our heart be also. And if you struggle maybe with having much interest in global mission, can I suggest you consider putting some treasure there? I think the truth is that the heart will follow. We have information for all three of our partners here in one place uh, in your bulletin today. The Nichols, at least I know for sure, are very low currently in their financing and would be so encouraged to have some new financial supporters. 
We're going to continue this discussion of global mission in connection time today. Uh, if there are questions you may have, I'd be glad to try to answer those. Then we'd like to pray a bit for all three of our partner ministries. And speaking of prayer, this is the last thing. What we've done this morning in many ways uh, was just an expanded missions prayer night. When you hear us announcing missions prayer night, please consider coming. Uh, just like this morning, we worship, we share updates to stay informed of the work of our partners, and we pray for specific requests that they send. I find those nights to be so encouraging personally. And these partners are involved on our behalf in work that is often very difficult, confusing and frustrating, literally pushing back the forces of evil and kingdom efforts in some difficult places, and they desperately need our support. So let's pray together. <clears throat> Father God, my, uh, my heart is full. And as I share uh, this morning, I'm so blessed to be able to do so and uh, to have had the experiences in Africa that we've had and uh, to be able to see uh, firsthand uh, what you are doing there. I pray that you have uh, worked this morning through my sometimes fumbling uh, attempts to communicate uh, that work and ask that uh, in each of our hearts this morning you would um, encourage us uh, with this news, give us joy together, and challenge us uh, where we need to be challenged in our own response. Father, we pray uh, even now uh, for the work at Rafiki Village. Ask that you would be going ahead of them in relationships with government, uh, in their building plans, and in their work uh, through your word in the lives of their national staff and students. And we thank you for it and look forward to uh, hearing more in the future. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat>